Um, I've lived with this man for 34 years. Prayer required. Um, and I've, I've watched him prepare. If you think that people get up here and speak, you know, and they might have spent an hour of prep on it, they spend hours uh, preparing and listening and praying what, for God's heart to be revealed and for what God wants to say. So, um, and that's what Paul does, because I see him do it. So let's give him a round of applause. Would that be appropriate? A welcome, a welcome. What? I don't need that, I've got this. Excellent. Very good. Good morning, everybody. Those of you who thought it was Tim Dunn this morning, it's me. Aren't you delighted? Oh, sorry, Tim. Tim, Tim's really Tim, Tim's got a new job and he's working like 900 hours a week. He tells me. Um, he phoned me up from um, uh, what? Where was it? You were at Centre Parks, wasn't it? When you phoned me, he said, "Can you cover?" Because um, you, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so I'm covering for Tim this morning. Uh, so thank you very much. It's a privilege, which is dangerous because that means I haven't planned. And when I say I haven't planned, I know exactly where I want to go and what I want to say, but it means I haven't been politically correct in the things I'm going to say because I haven't worked out how to say the things I want to say that sometimes are quite pointed and do it in a nice kind of way that's accessible to everybody. So I might just be in your face this morning. Is that all right? Yes. Excellent. Come on. That's a man that knows a field near Swindon. Um, <laughs> So that's what we're going to do this morning, and I'm going to throw some challenges out to one or two people, because I think, I think God is in the house this morning. I think the Holy Spirit wants to do something amongst us. I think the Holy Spirit, it, it, it takes a look at this great place we call Hope House Church, and I think he's saying, I love this place, I'm about this place, but I want to take it to a new level. You know, I, I, personally, I love Hope House Church. I really believe God's got a call on Hope House Church and what we're doing, but he hasn't finished yet. And this morning, I don't know about you, but did you, did you have that sense of the worship down this morning that we kept going, not quite. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We, you know, isn't it great to have the musicians, the band, the gift and the care they have to bring us to that place? And we all know, as good as we are, we need more of the Holy Spirit. And they open a door, they bless us, they take us to a place we're gathering like this and we look around the room, we see the seats and we think they can be filled. We remember words that were brought, we get hold of something and we start to be hungry. We start to recognize there needs to be more. So I found this picture of the wilderness and it's a, it's a dry, barren, empty environment and yet look what's growing through the cracks. Look what's beginning to appear. Life is hanging on. Life is growing. Life is bursting forth. And, and this is not me being critical. This is, this is me excited. I kind of feel that's hope house. There's life beginning. There's something beginning to tell. There's something beginning to happen. There's some kind of door opening. And I want to get hold of that. I want to see that. Something thrilling is taking place. And I'm getting hungry for a kind of refreshing, for a more. Look at this next picture. Um, you, you'll be familiar with this. This is Death Valley. You, you all know Death Valley? In, well, you don't know it. You've never been there, probably. Has anybody been to Death Valley in, in America? Wow, you've been to... Did, did you go in one of the big blooms or when it was Death Valley? 
Yep. Every now and again in Death Valley, which is just barren desert, one of the hottest places on the earth, you get a little bit of rain, a little bit of refreshing, and within hours, it looks like that. Bursting with life, and bursting with color, when refreshing rain falls on it. And I kind of feel like, church, that what, 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 what God is saying to us as a people is, there's life, there's life in here. The seed is there, the potential is in there, everything is there within us. All of it is just there. It, it's ready to burst out, it's there. And when God's refreshing lands, when his Holy Spirit is set free amongst us, it can burst into completely fresh life, burst into color, burst into everything he has for us. See, there's a hunger for refreshing a life. I feel it. I know it. I am sure of it, that there's a, a newness coming to us. And I get excited by that. Are you with me on that? Everybody else feel it? That this is good, but he's not done yet. How do I know God's not done yet? Well, he's not returned yet. We're all still breathing, and there are still empty seats in here, and there are tens of thousands of unserved people in our town. So I know the Lord is not done yet. But he's continuing. I want to take you to a verse. I want to explain where we're going with this this morning. Because I, I just thought, you know what? let's put it out there this morning. So we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit moving in people's lives because I'm just going to put this in front of you. I have had, in the last three or four weeks, a string of people coming to me, good people that love the Lord. Some of you are in the room. This is, this is just, just take this from my heart. And every one of you have come and said, hey, can we invite this person to come and speak to church? Can we invite that person to come and speak in church? You know, yeah, we could. Yeah, we could. But what I want to say to us this morning, can we invite the Holy Spirit into the church? Because I don't, want a, I don't want a moment, I want that momentum in God. And so that's, I'm going to tackle his head on this morning in, 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 in a heart of love and care, I promise you. But I want us to get hold of this incredible verse because there are people in this room as well that need to hear that the Lord is with them in this season. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Ateria, and Traconitus, and at least that one, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Ananias and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. I want to just show you something from those verses for a moment. It is a long list of incredibly important people. These were the most important people in that region. So what I want to do is kind of show you a picture of important people in our world today. Can you recognize the important people in our world today? This is the, 19, this is the 2017 list of most important people in the world. I think some things have changed since this was made. Um, you've got Putin and Trump and I, the, I can't remember his name. Xi Jinping. Oh, come on. It was on the tip of my tongue. And you've got the Facebook guy, whose name I can never remember either. Is that Mark Zuckerberg? And you've got the Microsoft guy. Oh, you're good. And you've got the German Chancellor for now. Until the next election. Because um, you ain't going to win next time. Um, these, are the, these were deemed to be the most important people in the world in 2017. Okay? That hit list that I've just read from Scripture was like in that whole region... 
They were the most important people. Those people that were mentioned there, they impacted the political life, they impacted the social life, they impacted the, the economic life and the religious life. They controlled and managed everything. They were the most important people. So who is God going to speak to? Good man. That's, 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 if you go to a field near Swindon, that's the heart you get. Okay. He goes to John in the wilderness. You know, sometimes we get, God will speak to the big person. God will speak to the powerful person. You know what? You are just as much a son and daughter of a child. You're a child of the living God. And he's, he's excited by us. He's thrilled to be near us. He wants to be around us. He wants his Holy Spirit to be upon us. And John, the son of the priest, one of the priests who went into the most sacred part of the temple, John actually sets that aside. John could have been in that history of priests, but John sets that aside and he goes into the wilderness. He lays it all down. He chooses a wilderness setting. That is remarkable to me. The word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. But that's a really important place for the, the word of God to come. Why? Because in the wilderness, he could hear God without the distraction, without the shout, without the noise, without the kerfuffle. He could hear God. All the stuff of titles and talent can be our God. But we need to hear the wilderness. We need to, we need, sometimes need to be in the wilderness to have everything stripped away, to have the empty space so that we can hear and catch the Word of God. So important. In the wilderness... It can't be about being seen. We can't impress anyone. No one can see us. No one can hear us but God. And so this morning, maybe you're living in a wilderness place. Maybe your experience is wilderness. Maybe you feel what is happening. Maybe you feel like it's dry. But I'll tell you what, if you are here, you are reaching out. And the, the seeds of life are there. The flourishing can still be there. It is just waiting for the God moment. And what a place to hear God when you're in a wilderness place. What a place to hear God. See, but God is there. Even when John becomes famous later on, and I love this about John the Baptist, he actually becomes quite famous. He's, he, he flourishes in his situation, and life is all about him. But even in that, once he's laid everything down, had his wilderness experience, you know what he does when he's famous, when he's really on it? He sends a messenger to Jesus and he says, are you the one? Are you the one? Because even in that situation, even in his fame, even in his recognition, what mattered to him wasn't, hey, look at me, I am the one. He's looking for the one. He's looking for Jesus. It isn't about him. It's about serving so he can make the way, prepare the way, Scripture says, for the one, for Jesus. And that is his heart the whole time. So even his gift and his talent is submitted to Jesus in that setting. That's the people we need to be that are submitting our talent to Jesus in that way. He had learned that it wasn't about his own ministry, but the Jesus ministry. So let's look at Jesus. Let's look at him. And, and just a, a few verses, or a couple of verses about him. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Into the wilderness full of the Spirit, so that's full of every fruit and every gift. I want you to get hold of this for a minute. The Holy Spirit is on him. And so everything that is about God is within him. 
There's this complete union of the completeness of man and the completeness of God, this incarnate God in this situation, full of the Holy Spirit. So every gift, every fruit of the Spirit is completely, tangibly present in who He is. Every gift of the Holy Spirit, you know, throw me out a gift of the Holy Spirit and it's contained within Christ. He's the, the archetype, he's the, the model example of prophecy, he's the model example of healing, he's the model example of, of prophetic word, he's the, of, of words of knowledge, of giving, of, of grace, of worship. He's the model of all of that. And what does he do with it? Goes into the wilderness. Goes into the wilderness. He's as good as it gets. So we lays it all down in the wilderness where no one can see and no one can hear, no one can be impressed. But there, there, the victory of sin and death begins. That's where the battle begins. That's where the line is drawn. That's where Satan understands. This is where the competition comes. And if you don't know Scripture, if you're new to church, you don't know about this, that at this moment, Jesus, full of everything that God can pour into him and onto him, goes into the wilderness where nobody can see Nobody's aware. It is just him and God, and Satan tempts him. That's where the battle lines are drawn. In a sense, the cross begins at this moment. The journey to the cross is that moment there, where Satan sets his stall out and says, right, we're going to bring this, we're going to bring this Jesus down. He thinks he's the one. We're going to bring him down. And the journey of battling, of trying to tempt and pull away, to swear, to destroy, begins at that point. And one day, Jesus will be able to say, I will go to the cross, Father, and in the Garden of Gethsemane, he actually prays this incredible prayer. He says, if there's any other way but the cross, I want to take it. But not my will, Lord, yours. Do you understand how powerful that is? How incredibly powerful that is. He's begun in a wilderness place, this journey. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, in a sense, in a wilderness place again, by himself, just him and the Lord, he's actually saying, this is not going to be good. This is going to be a bad, bad thing. This is going to feel horrendous. But Lord, this is what you want. If this wins a final victory, if this defeats death and sin, not my will, Lord, but yours. And he's obedient to that. That is powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. The key to this is John 3.16. In John 3.16, the verse we can quote... Probably anybody can quote almost anywhere in the world. You even see people with it on plaques at the edge of football matches and on T-shirts. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. He gave his son. And that's what mattered. That God gave everything. And that son was going to be obedient, even through a wilderness place. John knew it was about Jesus, and Jesus knew it was about the Father's love. And that love is about us. Defeating sin and death and returning us... Get this, defeating sin and death and returning us to being the purpose-filled people of God we were destined and designed to be. You do understand that, don't you? Yes. Come on, I need you to be with me this morning because this, like, this is like short notice because I need you to be with me because I've not done much prep on this one. I need your heart, okay? I'm just going to be trying to talk from the heart a little bit this morning. You see, we get so wrapped up in... in, in Oh, sin no longer entangles me. Christ beat sin and beat death. But here's the big deal. It was about putting us back in the place we were meant to be, restoring us and putting that purpose-filled God heart back within us. Uh, That's what this is about. Death and sin are beaten at the cross. 
so that we become the people we were destined to be. Before time, before the creation of the world, we were destined to be a purpose-filled people of God. And that is restored to us through the cross of our salvation. You have purpose. I just want to say that over you. You have purpose. You know, sometimes we settle for, I'm saved. Sin's dealt with. No, you have purpose. You don't one day hope to find it. You were born for it. It's what you are. What you are is purpose. You know, people, I want to discover what this is. I want to discover my call. I want to discover this. What is my role? What is my title? What is my place? Listen, they're great things to have because they give us boundaries and understanding. But just get hold of this. You were destined and designed for purpose. You were destined and designed to look like Christ. You were destined and designed to be a Christ-like person in your setting, in the world that you inhabit, in the places that you go, in the people that you see. That is your God-ordained purpose, to be Him in that. Everything else is just a, just a string of letters that we put above things or on badges. We are ambassadors of Christ. And I've got to tell you, that trumps any title. It's it's like an ambassador is literally, physically, totally the embodiment of the person they represent. They have all that authority. They have all that that representation. That that is who they are at that moment in time. We are ambassadors of Christ, the Bible tells us. You want to tell me, I need purpose, I need a title, I want to understand. Oh my days, you're an ambassador of Christ. I can't give you a bigger title. I could call you, I could say, would you like to be a connect group leader? I've got to tell you, that is piddly. It's nothing. That's just a bit of a task that we need doing in the church. It's a bit of a role that helps things run. It's like a bit of grease on the cogs. It's wonderful and it's precious and we appreciate it. But bigger than that, you're an ambassador of Christ. That's who you are. The Bible says, unless a seed is placed into the ground and dies, nothing grows. Nothing grows. There are those times when we need wilderness. There are those times when we kind of need to lay down. John laid down gifts and became fruitful in life. Jesus laid down his life and became fruitful in our lives. God laid down Jesus, a part of himself, so that we could become fruitful in the lives of others. Do you understand how important that is? I'm going to read those three again. Theologians can argue with me all day long. Come and see me afterwards. John laid down his gifts and went into the wilderness and became fruitful in life. Jesus laid down his life and became fruitful in our lives. God laid down Jesus, a part of himself, so that we could become fruitful in the lives of others. And he pours his spirit into us because we are called to be fruitful. Who here feels fruitful? Raise your hand now. We are all fruitful. Did you know that? Every one of us is fruitful. So we just bear different kinds of fruit. Who's done this fruitfulness? Have you heard? Have you heard? Let me tell you. Have you heard about Neil? Let me tell you about Neil. Oh my days. Have I got some news on Neil? It's fruit. It's fruit. It's not the kind I want to eat, but it's definitely fruit. 
Uh, there's another kind of thrill. Oh, have you heard about Neil? Did you know what he's been doing for God? Have you seen what he's been doing? She wanna, I'm so thankful that Neil's still breathing. I am. <laughs> we all bear fruit. We all do bear fruit. What kind of fruit are we bearing? You know, we are, but we are designed and destined. Everything about us is intended to bear fruit. Uh, we are like those seeds that even when you drop us into that wilderness place in the cracks, you've probably all seen, you know, the bottom of a dam where it's all dried out and cracked, but even there, life. Even there, life. And in our most wilderness situation, when we feel the circumstances are against us, church, I've got to tell you, when you think your partner's not with you, or your work situation's difficult, or you've got no friends, or your finances are a mess, or whatever it might be, even there, God can bring life. We can bear fruit. We can flower. Even in a parched land. As enemies of God, listen to this, as enemies of God, we approach the cross, and we found forgiveness of sin, and new life, as it was designed to be. You do understand that, don't you? When we approached the cross, we were the enemies of God. And yet he loved us. Scripture says, once you were darkness, now you're children of light. You understand the, the, the break. So the, the darkness approached the cross and found forgiveness. This is astonishing stuff. It's astonishing stuff then we bring that new life to God. This is important. We are given that new life of salvation at the cross. And then we bring that new life to God and offer it to Him. That is our gift. That is our worship. Do you understand that? We think we come to the cross and say, this is my gift, Lord. No, see, the gift is our new life. Our gift, we come and he takes the sin, he takes the mess, he pours brand new life into us. We are recreated, we are new creations. And then we get the wonderful privilege of saying, wow, this new thing, Lord, here it is. Here is my new life. Here it is. That's the ultimate act of worship. That's laying it back. That's laying it back in front of Christ and saying, do with me as you will. That is where our sacrifice and our worship truly begins for us from salvation when we present it to him. We receive, you know, one of the big questions over in our life is who receives the dedication and passion of that new life in Christ? Because I'm, I, you know what, I became a Christian at 13 years old. I did different things with that life between 13 and 18 when I kind of reconnected with God. And between 18 and now, I've done different things with that life. Sometimes I've done it well, sometimes I've done it badly. But at different points in my life, this brand new life, I am not denying salvation. My salvation is sure. My eternity is fixed. I'm totally confident in that. But there are times in that eternity that has begun right now where I've dedicated that life to different things. It hasn't always been dedicated to Christ. It hasn't always been dedicated to the Word of God. It hasn't always been dedicated to living the life that He wants for me. It hasn't always been dedicated to growing and to learning and to going and to showing who Jesus is. And when it's not dedicated to that, here's a really weird thing. I'm really unhappy. It doesn't work. I get brief moments and thrills, brief tastes of what could be. But here's the deal. Somehow I keep being drawn back. I keep being drawn back. Keep being drawn back to the cross. And I know that's a popular thing to say. I keep being drawn back to the cross. I want to make a massive confession to you now. And I don't know if I'm allowed to theologian. So, Mark, I'm looking at you. You're a theologian. 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of, kind of hope that Mike's going to get my back on this one and monitor other people. Yeah, I do kind of keep getting drawn back to the cross. But I really prefer to be drawn back to that bit, the other side of the cross, where I'm alive again. Is, is, is that kind of all right? You know that moment where his spirit's poured out and I'm alive and I understand my identity in Christ and who I am again? When I know the sin has been dealt with and all that history is, is, is history, all the mess is the mess and he's gone and he's forgiven and forgotten by I'm kind of drawn back to that being alive bit again. Is that all right to say that, Mike? I don't know theologically how that fits in the Bible, but I kind of think my, the appeal is not seeing Christ on the cross again. My appeal is seeing and he will return because he's risen. And I'm drawn back to a risen Lord. I'm drawn back to a risen Christ. And I am thankful for the, for the cross that bought me that privilege. I want to dedicate my life to him. Church, I'm just, I am calling you this morning. I'm beseeching you. There is no better place than to be drawn to that new life. And if all past church ever needed to be drawn to that new life, then it is right now. Because God has got a big call on this place. God has put a call on his church across this place, across this town, across this nation and beyond, across the nations. Every one of us is a follower of Jesus Christ. Wow, do we need to be living in that life? Because I need to bring that life into my circumstances. Put your hand up if your circumstances are good. Put your hand up if your circumstances are troubled and you have issues going off in your life. Put your hand up if your life isn't perfect. Right, anybody not got their hand up now, we, we've got prayer and counseling teams that can explain to you why your life isn't perfect. Kind of weird thing to do, but you need to know. In our troubled, not perfect lives, we need the life of Christ. We need the presence of the Holy Spirit. We need that new life to be bursting forth. We need that new wine. The scripture says that new life is like new wine. It's fresh, it's alive, it's breathing. Romans says this, do not conform any longer to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is the 180 degree verse. That is where we no longer look at the world and want to be like it, but we look at the new life in Christ and want to be like him. That is the moment we need. That is the Holy Spirit moment. And here's where we're going to get sticky this morning, because after this, it's over to God. All right? And it's over to you. So, Gary John's chuckling on the front row. You are so going to regret that chuckle. And all the people, I'm just going to forewarn you now. We're going to talk about some Holy Spirit stuff. And then I'm not the Holy Spirit, so then I'm going to stop. And, and what's really sticky is, I've got to be at another church meeting for 12 o'clock. So I'm probably just going to walk out and leave you to it. Okay? So the Lord bless you and keep you and all that kind of thing. But various people have come to me and I'm going to, I'll come to it I'll come to it I'll, I'll read this verse first 1 Corinthians 12 46 there are different kinds of gifts but the same spirit distributes them there are different kinds of service but the same Lord there are different kinds of working but in all of them and in everyone it is the same God at work the Holy Spirit at work in us the Holy Spirit at work in us that is massive that is massive there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. The Holy Spirit is poured out for us in specific, for specific reasons, in specific ways. But we serve the Lord. It is about Jesus. It's never about the service. It's never about the gift. It's never about the thing poured out. It is about the Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. 
It's that presence of the Holy Spirit. And get hold of this verse. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep using this verse again and again and again. I'll look, but it's not a verse. Well, I'm, I'm black. I wrote this. It's not a verse. <laughs> it's not a verse. We don't give our gifts to God. He gives his gifts to us. I've just given you a verse that tells you, tells you that. We do give our character to him so that in serving him, he can give his character to us. Then we can become fruitful. Church, if ever there are a reason for us to get hold of this, there has never been a more important reason for us to get hold of this than right now. Because if we begin to grow, if we begin to touch lives, what we touch those lives with will be us or Jesus Christ. And it needs to be completely about him. It needs to be him. So everything we've got needs, in a sense, to go through the wilderness. To go through the wilderness. See, I don't want to be impressed by how well Neil can juggle. Neil is the best juggler in the world. Do you want me to explain why? How many years have you been doing the finances? <laughs> yes, he's lost track. And he has juggled miraculously. Well, cleverly. For years. He has juggled. <laughs> he has juggled. But here's the deal. If he hasn't got the presence of God with him, do we want him doing the church accounts? I don't. I mean, I love you and all that. But what blesses me is he has a heart for God and he's filled with the Holy Spirit. So Neil is not the church treasurer. Neil is an ambassador of Christ. And one of the things he does is the church accounts. Robert plays guitar. Robert is not a guitar player. He's an ambassador for Christ who plays the guitar. His identity is not a guitar player. His identity is found in Christ. And one of the gifts given to him is to play a guitar. We don't give our gifts to God. He gives his gifts to us. There's no room for pride in that. There's no room for pride in it. We do give our character to him so that in serving him we can give his character to us. Then we can become fruitful. If the gift is ours, we're going to get some great moments. When the gift is his, we're going to get great movement. We're going to get great movement. So why do we look at Jesus? Because if not, our faith is in the wrong things. We look at Jesus or our faith is in the wrong things. It's in the talent we've got to juggle numbers. It's in our ability to play an instrument. It's in our ability to speak. It's our ability to bake a cake. It's our ability to fix something or to go somewhere. You know, those are not the things that we get excited about. We get excited about Jesus. See, we look for the silver bullet. Do you, do you, does anybody know the phrase, the silver bullet? You want a silver bullet? If you don't know the phrase, a silver bullet is a kind of a shot. It fixes everything. It's a horror film thing and werewolves, but I'm not going there. A silver bullet is the one-off answer. Oh, if we just had that one thing, everything would be perfect in Hope House Church. If we had a donation of £500,000, everything would be perfect in our church, Neil, wouldn't it? No, it would, because if we had a gift, if, if you've got £500,000, you want to give it, I mean, you feel, yeah, I don't want to get in the way of you doing that. Please feel free. If I caught you by eye, then I'm not putting you under pressure. Okay? Um, if we had a gift of £500,000, we could pay the mortgage off and finish repairing the building next door. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, yes it would. Would it change who we are in God? Would it change my domestic circumstances? Would it change my relationship with Jesus Christ? Would it? No, because what matters is who we are in Christ. There is no silver bullet. There is no service we can have. There's no event I can go to. There's no person I can invite. There's nothing I can read. It is Jesus Christ. 
You know, Paul the Apostle says, when I came to you, I knew nothing, nothing else but Jesus Christ and crucifying a demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power. You know, he couldn't bribe his way. There's a man called Simeon. I'm not going to read about it for time's sake, but there's a man called Simeon that watched the disciples, the apostles laying on hands and seeing people healed and transformed. And he came to him and said, how do I do that? Uh, how much does it cost? I've, I've got my wallet here. I, I, can I pay you? I want to be able to do the same thing in Jesus' name. How much will it cost me? And he thought he could buy it. That he's no 500,000 pounds on a nice building that can buy the presence of God. We risk entertaining people if we think that's the case. And we don't entertain people, we inspire them into the presence of God. We settle for good when we should be settling for God. Let me read you these verses and then pretty soon I'm going to drop you all in it and probably sit down and go. Acts verse 2, in the last days God says, I will pour out my spirit on every kind of people. Your sons will prophesy, also your daughters. Your young men will see visions, your old men dream dreams. When the time comes, I'll pour out my spirit on those who serve me, men and women both, and they'll prophesy. And then the bit I don't understand, that I'll set wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billowing smoke, and the sun turning black and the moon blood red. Before the day of the Lord arrives, the day tremendous and marvelous, and whoever calls out for help to me, God will be saved. What I do see is, those that are serving him, he will pour out his spirit. He will pour out his spirit onto them. There will be dreams and there'll be visions. There'll be an outpouring of Holy Spirit gifting. And so I want to tell you this. I am excited by the amazing people who have been coming to me the last few weeks in church. Please, please. I'm even going to take my glasses off because it looks more sincere. I, I am not making fun of anybody this morning. I am excited by every person that's been to talk to me the last few weeks. I am genuinely excited but I have had a number of people that have come to me and said, the Lord has given me a, a gift of prophecy. The Lord has given me a gift of healing. The Lord has called me into this. The Lord has given me a Holy Spirit gifting for this. Here's what I'm going to say to you this morning. Good, do it. Let's do that. Let's do that. We've gathered in his name. We've gathered in his name this morning. He says he's there. We'll be gathering in his name. We'll be there. And I've got to tell you, through the worship time this morning, I'm thinking, hey, the Lord's here. The Lord's here. The Lord was here this morning. Feel it. Touch it. Experience it. Breathe it. So what I'm going to say to you this morning, in a few minutes' time, we're going to pray for people to be healed. We're going to pray for people to receive the Holy Spirit. Those of you who've got prophetic gifting, because if one more person tells me they've got a gift of prophecy, man alive. <laughs> wow. I've got the gift of being a Formula One racing car driver. I just ain't got a Formula One car yet. I, I just like, just, just do it. We'll cover you. If you get it wrong, we'll say, Lord bless you. That was a good try. You know what? We love your heart. We're here to protect you and cover you. So, in a few minutes' time, we're going to come into presence of, we're already in the presence of God, but we're going to ask God to be present in us. And, and we're going to do this in a kind of non-emotional way. Is that all right? Because I don't want anybody ever to say of this church, we whipped people into a frenzy. Okay? We don't need to be whipped into a frenzy because these are the promises of God over our lives. Are, are you with me? Robert, is that your guitar? So you're familiar with it. Can you come and do an Holy Spirit strum behind me, please? 
So, all right. <laughs> Robert's thinking, yes. Should have sat on the back row with the rest of the musicians. <laughs> <All> away. <laughs> my, my eye was on you. You were the, the ones out there. Are you with me on this? I'm dead serious. Because I think, oh, past church, I think God's bringing us to a, you know, the freshness series I did the last few weeks. I did that quite deliberately, looking ahead and thinking and praying ahead. Because I believe the Lord's bringing us to a, a, a crossing point right now. I believe the Lord is saying to us, you can be a good church. You can be a good church. Or you can be God's church. Did you catch my heart? I'm not sure, now I'm getting older, that I have time to carry on being good. I need a bit more of God. I need His Holy Spirit. Because I look at our town, and I look at the homelessness problem, and I chat to the guy on our front doorstep when I arrived this morning, and that guy on that front doorstep has not got much more time for me to be good. He needs me to be godly have the presence of God because I kind of know that if Jesus were to meet him face to face this morning Jesus would have something to say to him that would transform his life like a woman by a well and this morning we could say to him you're really welcome in you'll be welcome and wanted come and have coffee well we took it out to him in the end but he says he's going to come in at 6 o'clock but he needs a Holy Spirit breakthrough. He needs transformation. He doesn't need me to look down on him and to question him and to doubt him. He needs me to love him. And here's the deal. Because when I was an enemy of God, he loved me. And he loved you. And he gave his life on a cross so that we could have a new life. So that that gentleman can have a new life. And you know what? That gentleman on the step in his camouflage sleeping bag might be an apostle of Christ. He might be an evangelist. He might be a prophet. He may be a connect group leader. He may be brilliant at refreshments or welcoming. I don't know what he may be, but if he gets saved, what couldn't the Lord do with him? So, I believe there are promises hanging over this church. And I'm going to ask in a few minutes' time that we stand together. And Rob's going to do that thing. And I think probably um, Meg get the other musicians back up in a few minutes time but here's one or two things I, I, I want to I, I want to throw one or two things out this morning um, and I trust if they're not prophetic or it's not right in God please don't be offended and please correct me I've got leadership around but Annie I just want to say to you God's promises are not done and you're in a wilderness place but there are promises over your life that have not been taken away you are just in wilderness and I've got to tell you, I see cracked and dried and parched land, but I still see fruit and life and body life. God is not done yet with you. Okay, you know the promises over your life. We've talked about them. God is not finished yet. And besides that, you're far too young to think he has. <laughs> he is not done yet. Hold on. It is a wilderness place and everything is stripped away and nobody sees and nobody knows and nobody hears the cry now. But you're in a place where you can connect with God and hear God for your future and hear God for the futures of others and your children like never ever before. Maximize this time in God. Learn and grow in this time. There are going to be lessons of faith in this season and lessons of insight and understanding and lessons of compassion grown and seeds planted that you're going to draw on for the rest of your life in ministry and leadership.
really believe that. Oh, I'm going to be in so much trouble in a minute. In a, in a minute. Uh, Eric, I just feel the Lord is saying, it will never be the right time. It will never be the right time to come out of the wilderness. So Eric, you might as well just come out of the wilderness because it will never be the right time. So therefore, it's the right time. I think God is calling you, Eric. And, and I'm going to say this publicly. That worries me because I feel that you sometimes doesn't quite match and quite blend, but I believe God's hand is on your life and God is saying, stand up. Stand up, Eric, because my hand is on your life and we need you. Eric, we need you. His kingdom needs you. This church needs you. Look around this room. I'm going to be politically incorrect now. You're with me. But there are people from cultures and ethnicities in this church that I really love, that I want to connect with, I want to engage with, that I want to release into ministry and to stand with shoulder to shoulder in this place. And I don't quite know how to do that without, because I'm terrified of causing offence or getting it wrong. But I think you can bridge that. So I think the Lord says, I know the reasons why you can't and you shouldn't, but hey, there always will be. God's calling out of the wilderness. And where's Simeon? I just want to say, don't let anybody, in the words of Timothy, don't let anybody despise your youth. Church, I want to say, there's a young man here who has a heart for God that excites me, uh, a passion for God. He's somebody that, you know what, encourage him, stir him. Uh, I think the Lord says, there are times you're in trouble and school can be a nightmare. And you've walked through trouble, you've walked through problems. Here's, here's the deal, what I want to say to you. I think that is part of the journey because you're learning to lead. You're learning to stretch your wings. You've just got to learn grace in that. And you've got to learn to walk in God in that. But God's hand is on your life. And I'm watching you. God is watching you. And we want to encourage you and stir you into that. Why don't we all stand as a church? Is that all right? Robert's going to lead us in a song in a minute. But here's what I want us to do. I want us to be prepared this morning to... uh, I can't imagine Robert's face, but I can probably guess. I trust him. He's got good breeding stock. He's all right. um, What I'm going to do is mess things up a little bit this morning. Are you with me on this? You all right? Um, And look, if if we go wrong, just just think, if it's an horrendous service at the end of it, he's stopped playing. The Holy Spirit's gone. Um, (laughs) If it's a really messy service at the end, you know what? A church is never as good as bad or a good service or a bad service. We'll just do it again next week in a better way. All right? So if you've got a gift of healing or of prophecy, I'm I'm going to be encouraging you to just come make yourself available at the front to pray into lives, to pray for people. If you've got a need for healing, I'm going to encourage you to come forward and receive that. Okay? Are you with me on that? We're just going to get messy. We're going to encourage one another to pray for one another. We're going to bring this gift in, the other side of the cross, our our saved, redeemed selves. We're going to come and offer that gift in and that potential to the Lord this morning. And you know what? I know there's all sorts of issues with that. And if anybody knows me, you know this stuff makes me just want to die and go. And just, oh, Lord, no. Can't we just sing a really good song and have coffee? But I'm prepared to start. You know, I'm going to, I've got to step off the edge a little bit. So, um, the, the other one I want to say to you, and I can't even pronounce your name properly. I've been rehearsing it on Facebook. It, 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 it's your mama. Are you here? Shea? Right, well, next. Sorry? She's just, just gone out. I want her back. 
somebody grab a bat while we're just going to do this thing because here's the thing when she comes in what I want, I want you to know is I, I believe God's placed his spirit on her for purpose I believe I believe she's going to going to be released and used in ministry gifts and Holy Spirit gifts in this place like she's never experienced never expected and that she's looked to other people to bring that when actually God is placing that in her um, and church, I think that's true over many of us this morning. We're sometimes looking for things in others that God has placed in us. Church, there are promises hanging over this place. that are things being called to us. And I believe God has called us out of the wilderness to restore gifts, to turn the lights back on, to pour out his Holy Spirit. And here's what I'm going to say in closing before Robert leads us. I'm told again and again, I've got a call to pray for healing. This morning, I'm going to ask you to come and pray for people for healing. We have sick people in the room who need to receive the touch of God. We have people, two or three people in this room that in the last few weeks have been to me and said they have the gift of healing. We're going to ask you to go and pray for them for healing. Okay? And your mama, I just want to say to you that I believe absolutely you made a request to me. I'm going to do this publicly. You made a request to me a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, about bringing somebody in. And since you did that, my heart has burned. I've not been able to stop thinking about that. No, are you going to be disappointed? Because I've only been able to think about you. Because the very thing you're looking for, for somebody else to carry... I believe you're a carrier of that Holy Spirit. And I actually believe God wants to set you free. And I'm the pastor of the church. This freaks me out and worries me. But I believe God wants to release you to bring the Holy Spirit ministry into a place like this. Good stuff. I don't think... Come on. Hey, Jim, I said this while you were out of the room. Here's what I believe God is saying to you. You can call somebody in and experience the event and experience the moment. But in you, God wants to build momentum. So stop looking to the hero and start looking to Christ because he has gift in your life. All right? So um, if you are called to pray for healing, let's pray for healing. If you're called to prophesy, let's prophesy. If you have a gift of intercession, let's start to intercede. If you have a gift to lead, then lead diligently. Let's apostle, let's prophet, let's evangelist, let's pastor, let's teach. If I have a gift to give generously, give generously. If you have a gift of discerning, receive insight and knowledge. Let's practice in here so our gift is skillful out there. Church, we've got to get used to the Holy Spirit being powerful in this room so that when we're out in the world out there in our spheres of life, the Holy Spirit is able to move. And Tim's thinking, I wish I'd spoken now. I'm thinking, I wish Tim had spoken now. Build one another up towards works and services or to unity. That's what the work... That's what the, to build one another up towards works of service, to unity in the faith. Colossians 3.10, I have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, slave or free. No English, Scottish, Welsh, Romanian, Polish, Nigerian, Ghanaian, Zimbabwean, Seychelles, Chilean, you name it. There is none of that. But Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Because that love is the other side of the cross. That love is a place that we go to dwell. That is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's where our worship can truly begin. That's where... That's where His Holy Spirit rests on us. So Robert's going to play now.
a few minutes time we'll probably ask the rest of the band to come up but I wanted to do this in a non-emotional way and so as Robert leads and have you got a song you want us to sing begin to sing something and we'll find it at some point I am going to I'm going to say this really I believe the Holy Spirit can then break out amongst us if you have a need for healing I'm going to ask that you come and stand down here and the guys that have told me that God seems to place on them an ability to pray or a desire to pray for healing I'm going to ask you to come and pray for them we've got leadership in the church that will cover that we're not going to get it horribly wrong you know what we're going to bear with one another in love we're going to stand with one another and care for one another it's going to be alright it's going to be alright God puts us in a body to protect one another so these guys need healing these guys need healing so if you have a gift to heal I'm simply going to say come and pray for healing if this morning you need you just need prayer you need encouragement you need a touch from God you need a word from God I'm just going to ask that you come and stand down here and if you just if you are just saying Lord here's what I've got I want to give it back to you here's the gift I've got here's the talent I've got here's the skill I've got whether you're a drummer to a surgeon here's the gift I've got Lord I give it to you would you use it I'm simply going to ask that you come and stand down here we're going to pray for you and we're going to perhaps prophesy over you and lay our hands on you we may just pray encouragement into you but I'm just believing that God can break out this morning and I'm delighted to see you this morning so we've been chasing you all week trying to get in touch with you and find your contact details so we are delighted you're here so are we okay with that so Robert's going to lead us um, and this is Gary John, who will no doubt prophesy over somebody. Okay, so Rob, ju- just lead us in this messy way. I'm going to shut up in a minute. I'm going to sit down just there for a while. And if you if you need God to touch your life this morning, I'm just going to ask you to come and stand here. And the prophets that are in this place, the ones that I've gifted, will come and pray over you. We'll prophesy. The rest of you, just worship, bring your gift to him. Maybe we should give Paul a round of applause. I don't. <laughs> Because one, one thing I believe the Lord is saying to us, but I think certainly for Paul, the Lord requires obedience, not sacrifice. We can sing songs till kingdom come. The Lord requires people who are going to be radically obedient, who will step out of the boat and start walking on the water. And that's what Paul's done this morning. So I believe the Lord is saying to you, Paul, I'm giving you some tent pegs. Your tent's going to get big. Come on. And bigger and bigger your influence because of your heart for Christ your influence is going to expand and get bigger the Lord is going to make your tent bigger I believe on the heart of the Lord there are specific geographical locations he's got a map and he's put some points on the map and he's sending you so like he sent Barnabas and Saul to specific geographical locations to impact and bring about the kingdom of God and the flourishing of God under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I believe God's going to do that with you, Paul. I'm talking about apostolic ministry. Come on. He's giving him a fistful of tent pegs. And he's saying, right, take the tent out wider. Take the tent out wider. Take the tent out wider. And step out in faith like you've done this morning. And the world is your oyster in the name of Jesus. Bless you, mate. So, thank you, Gary John. We we, we don't do this stuff lightly. I believe God God is calling us to grow, and I believe this is scriptural. We need to hold it, we need to do it. And I know sometimes some people in this room will now be uncomfortable. I get that, but this is scriptural, it's in there, and it is about obedience. 
And I believe as we, if we step out in obedience, the Holy Spirit can touch lives. Okay, because if we become a big church of six, seven, eight hundred people, which is my heart, then we need to be Christ-centered. We need the Holy Spirit at the center of it, not just goodness. We need God at the heart of what we are. So let's worship God. And as we're worshiping, we're going to pray for healing. If you need to touch the Holy Spirit, if you just simply want to say, Lord, this is a gift I have and I've got some great gift and talent, be prepared to come and stand in and say, Lord, it's yours. Because that will take that gift to a whole new level. When you give it away, God will restore and pour back. I promise you. God is amazing. Our Lord is amazing. So let's worship God. As you're ready to receive, to sacrifice, come and come stand in and we'll pray for you and we'll pray God's release on you. Amen. Amen. Let's worship God together. Guys, you are leaders, we just ask you to come and pray for some of these people, uh, just to lay hands on them and just to bless them. Is that all right? Just come and stand with us, that would be really, really helpful. 